Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for August 23rd of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHurts.com. This week on the podcast, we have another Oilers extension to talk about. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Max Term, lots of money. Um, so they have, I think, their top two centers maybe signed we'll we'll speak to where Dreisaitl should be playing now that he's making the big money what impact that may have on Ryan Nugent Hopkins we'll also discuss Matt Cullen moving on from Pittsburgh but also not retiring uh Andreas Antonisiu uh he may be known, he, he may be known as double a the rest of the podcast good call uh, uh Talk about his situation. He may be going to the KHL. Don't really buy that, but, you know, something to talk about in late August. And Patrick Hornquist may be getting an <laughs> extension from Pittsburgh. And we'll talk about the variables that would go into something like that. So, without further ado, Leon Dreisaitl. Big money. I It's one of those things where I don't mind <clears throat> the big money. Um, or the length, you bank on the fact that it's eight years, he'll be 29, 30 at the most, depending on when his birthday is. So length of contract works out well, sits really well with McDavid's uh, age as well. If they play him at centre and he can hold the centre and he can hold the second line on his own, brilliant signing. I think that's the mystery right now. I think his numbers away from McDavid haven't been bad, but they haven't been 8 million good, but he's also very young. So... Not the kind it's, of guy you want to take a chance on screwing around with, even though they did take their sweet time with the extension, because let's be honest, Edmonton's out of that number one pick range now. And the UFA game for them, it's it's never been easy for them. No, that's right. You end up overpaying to get people out there. You, you do hope... Uh the Edmonton and the league that McDavid can help uh, pull that uh, Western freezing cold Canada inflation rate down a little bit and people want to go and play with him and will we'll take market rate rather than say, well, there's a 10% tariff on playing in Edmonton. And, you know, even if you think it's a million too expensive for Dreisaitl, McDavid saved him about two to three per year. He said, theoretically, between those two contracts, they're in front. Yeah, they did well, I think. There's really no way around it. It's the trading of Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, uh, that kind of stuff that they're not Well, the signing so well. of Nile Lucic and, and Chris Russell, they're the things that are going to screw them over. So, in a vacuum, the Dreisaitl contract is not a problem. The Dreisaitl contract is a problem because they're running out of cap space, and that's for the players that you mentioned, the Lucic and Russell contracts. There's no way of getting value out of those. And that's 10 and that's, and, and that's the thing. I, I sit there and, and people go, oh, is the dry subtle contract going to push Nugent Hopkins off the roster? And it's like, no, that's not what's pushing him off the roster. It is the Russell and the Lucic contracts and potentially the Patrick Maroon contract as well, um, they're the ones that are going to hurt them. Um, there's no need to, to sign Chris Russell to, to that amount of money for that length of time. 
<clears throat> or, or at all. Well, that and the fact that Milan Lucic didn't need to come in at six mil for freaking six years. Well, there's your your tariff that you spoke of. Yeah, they shouldn't shouldn't need that now. But the, theoretically, though, they shouldn't need that. But the, I don't think ignore the, the tariff aspect of of Lucic's as contract. He did, they didn't even need to get him. I don't think so. <clears throat> no. Betcha UC Okan, and depending on his usage, at 1.1 million, probably not going to be far off from Lucic. Correct, but then it comes down again to the thought process of, well, you've got to have somebody there to protect McDavid, and you've got to have somebody there for a net front presence. The net front presence argument, I can, I'm on fully on board with with Milan Lucic. He's brilliant in front of the net, and he's really good at retrieving pucks. I've got no complaints there with, with any of that. But the you pay six million for a guy to go around and protect Connor McDavid, a lot of garbage. I believe a certain Lucic was on the ice when Matt Savard's head got taken off by Cook. Yeah. So you can't you can't you can't protect players out there. You can throw as much retribution around post incident as you want. Doesn't stop the injury from occurring. So you lose me. Not you, but people lose me with that whole <laughs> thing when one of the grossest hits of recent memory that really destroyed a the life of the life of a person, let alone his hockey career, and the big bad Bruin was yeah, literally exactly on the right. ice when, when that transpired. So save save it. Just save it. <laughs> well one thing I will say about this is that if they do move Drysidle to center and they do go with, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. To me, that's really comparable to when Stahl was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's close. I don't think um, Dreisaitl is quite Malkin. Nugent Hopkins and Stahl are probably comparable. But, but if you get there... Same concept. The, the, like, yeah, the concept is there. They're, they're pretty good down the middle. It's just... Have they got the correct pieces around around it? A lot of people think they do. Um, they're going to be proving me wrong if they do. I still think they're relying on too many players to have career years, but <clears throat> nothing to say they all won't. Well, you, you have Ryan Strom as a center too, which kind of, if you... See, Edmonton likes running their former first overall picks out of town, and you start hearing the same Nugent Hopkins rumors that circled Hall and Everly before he was moved. Maybe Strom ends up being the third-line center, and they trade Nugent Hopkins probably for nickels on the dollar. Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't trust this. I don't trust this front office. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, I just don't know what to expect out of Chiarelli. Uh Trade away good players for whatever reasons. <laughs> He's been gifted his situations, and you know Tim Thomas got him a cup ring. 
But that yeah. core that core should have been together for a while. And it wasn't. If you're going to play, so just quickly, I'm just looking at the hero charts for Hopkins and Strome, right? Of of your third line centre, would you prefer someone to be, you can't play him as a a third line centre, Strome, because he's terrible at shot suppression. I don't care. Although he's a great assist man. Is he... Is he a net positive is the question. Uh, what do you class as a net positive? If average is five, are you wanting the person to be a total of shot gen and shot suppression of at least ten? What what's what are they? <clears throat> I don't have because in front of me. Strom is sixth shot generation and Strom is shot suppression three, which would make him a nine. And for Ryan Major Hopkins he's five and five. So one's just below a zero, and the other one's just zero. And one's a third of the cost, so that you know you got to take that into consideration. I was pretty, makes... I was bullish on Ryan Strom a few years ago. He put up some amazing offensive numbers, um, he, top line production, but that was I think two years ago. Well, he's a top line assist man. He's like an eight. So. There's offensive ability there. I, I'm all for trying to push scoring lines. That would oh, be my that, that would be my way to go about it. Um, the nice thing for Ryan Strom is that past John Tavares for a number of years, there you know you got a bunch of average, and sometimes it worked yeah. better than it didn't. If he were to be a third line center behind, and assuming Drysdale is a second line center, uh, he's got some horses in front of him. Might get some easier matchups. Yeah, or the same applies to Nugent Hopkins. Correct. And maybe I don't know. Does Strom play wing? Try not to watch too much well, of the Islanders, to be honest. <laughs> Historical and uh, current bias on that one. Um, it's, I don't know, this this Oilers team is, who knows, they could go all the way and win the whole thing or it could all blow up terribly on them. It all evol- it all revolves, it's like Pittsburgh, I suppose, it all revolves around Crosby and, and, and McDavid. Like, at least with Gino, you've got somebody that's close to sit, if not better than him on every, on you know, a certain night. Would you say that Drysidle can pick up that slack? No, he's not Malkin, but he's very good. That's not a slight on him. Um, Malkin's a second best center of this of the, his generation. Gener, I don't know if it's quite generate, but you know what I mean. Like Sid and Gino came in yeah. at the same time. Guess who was always number two? Gino. Yeah. They're on the same team. Nobody can duplicate that. Very lucky for Pittsburgh yeah. to have that situation, but that doesn't mean that wasn't the situation. Look, this is the who else would have that kind of combination up the middle of this is the closest I think you get. You know, um, as far as a punch. punch. Yeah, because McDavid's that good. Yeah, probably the best. Of, now, yeah, I would say, um, not. I don't think this is on that level. I think Buffalo with Eichel and O'Reilly is really good, but that's not. Yeah, that. but that just shows you the challenge of making it. As good, doesn't it? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm really yeah. stretching here. Maybe Dallas. No. Too old. Sagan and Spezza are good. Good duo, yeah. but not, not, say, it's not McDavid. And you can say the same with, with Anaheim, with Gitzlaff and um, Kessler. They're good. But, you know, McDavid just makes that such an elite level middle, down the middle option there for them. It's, it's such a luxury to have. Um, Shifley and Little is a good combo, but again, not not near what we're talking about. Uh, they're, they're, the Oilers are in a... Who's a Washington's second line center? Well, you, is Kuznetsov their second line center? Backstrom Kuznetsov, if he is a center, I can't recall, would be good. Yeah. Thornton Pavelski, but they usually play together. Stamkos. But they're older. People forget Pavelski's like 32. They think of him as yeah. the young Joe. Because he is relative. Well, you're exactly right. Relatively speaking, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Edmonton are, Edmonton are set if they can just get the filling pieces right. But they're running out of money. Yeah. It should be a larger window than it is, but Lucic is signed for another six years. Um, Russell just signed another four. Sakara, I like as a player, and I think they needed to do it, but he's at 5.5 for another four. Who knows? And he's already 31. Give credit where credit's due. They they gambled on Clefbaum and got a really great long-term deal at 4.1 mil for him. So you could say that and go, okay, so that balances out one of the Russell and Lucic contracts in regards to the error of it being made, but they've still got one sitting there that's going to be problematic. You can't afford to overpay a Patrick Maroon on a on the next contract if they do. Yeah, because next year, it's, it's rough for them. It, I don't know if anybody's ever jumped quite in salary. This year, Connor McDavid's making nine hundred and twenty-five thousand. Um, obviously, it'll bump to about four mil with uh, the bonuses. bonuses. But then it's twelve point five. It's an eight million, eight and a half million jump. Poof. Well, that's basically Crosby's actual salary contract <laughs> per year. Is it eight point seven? Uh, well, he was getting raw money. He he was, Gino didn't have the luxury of signing when Crosby did. Crosby got like the max, what did he sign, like 13 years or something? He was being paid straight cash uh, early. His cap hits 8.7 because he's a goofy, he's goofy. Numbers like boy. He's making 10.9 mil this year, 10 the next year, 9 the year after that, 9.6, 9. 6, 9. And then the last two years are three. <laughs> so he's on one of them bogus deals where Gino is 9.5 every year. So be interesting. See if RNH is the next number one pick they ship off. It's already been Hall, which was dumb for what they got. 
Yakupov, uh, you know, that was kind of an unfortunate year for them to go and have that pick. Because mm-hmm. wasn't Ryan Murray the number two player that year? Yeah, it was, it was one of those weird drafts where the players that get picked later on are going to end up better than the top two. 2012 wasn't a terrific draft year. So, you know, Yakupov is a little bit of bad luck, but even so... You draft a player at number one, and then you don't facilitate situations to for success. You kind of grind them down on a bottom six roll. On a losing team, it's like, well, why wouldn't you? You're losing anyways. Why not try to invest in this highly valuable pick? And if you don't like him, at least pretend so maybe somebody else will. Then you can clean your hands of him instead of getting, what, a third-round pick or whatever it was from St. Louis? Oh, it was ugly. I can't remember. Right, it was just a whatever draft pick for a number one overall pick. So we'll see. Um, Moving along. Matt Cullen's playing hockey. It's not in Pittsburgh. That's so sad. Eh, It'd be sad if you, you know, we left for any other team, I suppose. Minnesota home. It's where he's, his roots are. I believe one of his comments was he just, you know, if he's going to play, it's nice to give his boys some stability to where the school that they'll go to next year it will be the school system that they stay with throughout their rest of their education. Oh, so that's, that's a big deal. Um, oh, sad for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> they got shit there. Well, this is the thing. It just creates a bigger hole for them. Like, it's it's one of those things where you lose Benito and everybody knows they need to fill that third line center role. Not a problem at all. But having um, Cullen not be there um, means that you don't have a ready-made, you know, hole filler. Yeah, Carter Rowney had that big three-assist game against Ottawa in a blowout. I think it was a 7-2 to two game. He had no points the rest of the playoffs, and he played almost... I was going to say, that, that was his playoffs, wasn't it? So I was skeptical about him stepping into the fourth-line center role. As the roster currently stands, he's the most qualified to jump up to third-line center. And No, I don't think that's going to happen, but that just goes to show you where the depth chart is right now without Cullen. And I don't think Cullen playing third-line minutes would be successful either. That's not fair to him. So No, I mean, he cropped out, out third-line numbers playing in a fourth-line role, if you look at his Actually, his points were top six. Possession wasn't very good. He is slipping. But if you're not well, going to win the possession different. battle and you're still a little bit, a lot of bit, I would say a lot of bit dangerous on a fourth-line role, if you're pushing uh, one point eight points per 60 on a fourth line, you know, that makes up for whatever possession um, might be going uh, it's, on. It's brilliant for Minnesota. I mean, that's a roster that is, you know, obviously unlucky in regards to Jake Allen turning into freaking Yaroslav Halak. Um, but so just adding him, just adds some depth to, to that roster could maybe lighten the minutes on um, on Koivu throughout the year so that 
he doesn't have to play uh, quite as heavy minutes, and, and hopefully he'll he'll perform in the in the playoffs. Any chance to lighten minutes, I think, is is important for teams that want to go deep. And they did well with their Grandland Niederreiter contracts that we were talking about for a while there. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, they're not they're not totally hard up against the cap even with. Are they? Well, they did get rid of Pominville and Scandella. They, you know, didn't really. The key to that transaction was the cap space, because Tyler Ennis is coming well, off they... concussions. He's at four point six million. Marcus Foligno, they haven't even signed yet, but I wouldn't give him much money. Hey, they've got two million cap space at the moment. They're probably going to go with the roster they've got, even with Foligno not signed. They were good last year. Um, I, you know, makes sense for them. Uh, might make sense for Colin. He looks at that lineup and he's like, "Well, I don't have to carry Ryan Reeves around all year long." <laughs> You're gonna ride that for the year, and I don't blame you for that. Right? Like, nope. No, I agree. I wonder if that played into it at all. You, you go to places where you feel like you're going to succeed, and dragging him around is not a place that I feel like I would be able to succeed. But Pittsburgh, man, um, they're they're going to have to move Gensel the center as is. I don't see any way around it. And what, you just put Hawkers back on Gensel's spot in the first line? Yeah, and Brian Rust will have to play top nine, which he can. Things out very quickly for that roster. <clears throat> but it's doable, like if they had to do it. Oh, that's the, <clears throat> We both know that it's not optimal, and we also know that it's not going to be like that after the trade deadline. You know how I am about doing your shopping in the offseason versus the trade deadline, though. I, what I mean by that is Rutherford doesn't usually do his shopping on the deadline as a rule, not for pieces that are important. He usually pulls the trigger earlier than that. But the way the roster is right now, there's no way in hell that they go into the playoffs Well, they go past that trade deadline day with the two centers, well, with the lack of center depth that they've currently got. You know, he might fix it in the first week of the season. Who knows? Yeah, there's, some, there's a shoe to be dropped here. It's just a matter of... When the hell is that going to happen? Well, you going to wait until he signs Hornquist? I think you have to do the the center thing first. You don't have to extend Hornquist right now. <clears throat> no, I know you don't have to, but it worries me that the, the discussions of the Hornquist thing and him saying he wants to re-sign him pretty emphatically worries me. Well, I wrote about it the other day, and, you know, it's never a popular piece when I try to break down the merits of Hornquist's spot on this team. Um, he's clearly a contributor in a positive way, but when you look at depth chart, age, new contract, I don't, I wouldn't be comfortable giving him three years on a deal. 
even at four million. Because where is biggest, he going to play? Yeah, my biggest problem is that he doesn't get the puck into the zone. He doesn't carry it in. He dumps it in all the time. And I wouldn't even call them soft dumps to advantage. He just dumps it in and chases it down. And it, it's really frustrating at, at times. Once you're in the zone, he's brilliant. Garbage guy. Goes and collects parks, takes a lot of punishment in front of the net, creates traffic, bats in stacks of rebounds. But at 30, if he's going to ask for a, a contract that's going to take him through to 33, 34, depending on his birthday, um, I don't want a piece of that at all because he's going to slide down the lineup because theoretically, if they find a third line center, you're not you're going to get there and put Gensel back up with Crosby and Konoshiri. Um, you've got Kessel on the right hand side as well, so he's going to have to play down below Kessel um, on the lineup because him and Malcolm don't really seem to to click that much. Although that might be a perception thing, I don't know what the numbers really uh, imply. So you sit there and go right, play him on a third line. He's going to be playing with a center that doesn't carry the play. Who's getting the puck in the zone? Yeah, when you need the other two guys to do all the transition work, it's not always easy. Transition's the one of the toughest things. That's also the most important part, speed. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess at least with Hornquist, you don't have to worry about a loss of speed so much because he's really not all that quick right now. But Correct. you got to look at Kessel, too. His individual shot attempts, his... his um, point production rate is is going to start to go down too to where you know it was a big benefit to have Crosby, Malk, and Kessel split for a while. Not so much during the playoff run last year because of injuries. Uh, Kessel went back up with Malkin. But Kessel's going to need a top six spot and then you're going to have to award the other top six right wing spot to a, a Gensel or a Sheary or whoever's um you know, Sid's going to want a guy that can skate and do transition. Would would you be amenable to giving up Hornquist for Duchesne? Oh, well, yeah. But the problem with that is Hornquist is a pending UFA. And you're not going to be able to sign and trade him because you, you'll get... Some, the other thing with any deal for a guy like Hawkins is he'll get a, an NTC in there somehow. There'll be some form of clause in there, which limits what you can do with a contract like that. No, I hadn't considered that. I don't know if that'll happen, but it definitely shouldn't. When you look at the well, track record of power forwards, 30 and above, when they sign their new deals, and the Philadelphia Flyers have a... A situation they a similar one. I although I do think Simmons is is better. Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons is going to be thirty one, looking for a contract extension, coming off, you know, big time seasons, and he's going to get you, term, and it's not going to end well. You're trying as a general manager to balance that we need to keep the guy, but we can't pay for past performance. And what do you do? The Hornquist contract you should, you should be would be gambling on him not declining at all. And, you know, his three years with Pittsburgh, his points per 60, first year, 2.13. Uh, the first cup, 1.85. The second cup, 1.78. Um, 
Now, let me be clear, for 4 million, 1.78, I have no problem with. But it's slowly heading in the other direction, and those minutes are predominantly with two of the best in the league at all times. When he played with Benino in the playoffs, he was a 40% possession player. Now, you also have to factor in he had a broken hand. So a guy with no hands with a broken hand is not a good is isn't a good situation either so it's fair to point out injury i think did um play a huge role there but uh, you know at the same time you know and i know benino wasn't that great last year but it just goes to show like if you are intent on re-signing hornquist you are committing to playing him with sitter gino unless you have a nugent hopkins or a Duchesne is your third line center. Oh, it's it's one of those things where look, he's got a modified no, in, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got a modified NTC in his current contract. I can't see him signing another one without that in it. Who? Hornquist does. Yeah. No. So they, they, I, need, I they need to start talking about that now because if that's the case, then you got to really think about packaging that player. Because these are that that weird middle ground contracts that could really get you. They're the Lucic contract, the one that we were talking about earlier. It's the Chris Russell kind of contract where the players are valuable to you, but you can't afford to overpay for that value. You can't um, overpay for the intangible stuff that these guys bring that when they start to age, that's what they're going to have to hang their hat on because they're not going to be able to keep up whether it's with their hands or with their legs or both. You know, you so, got Cole coming up next year, who's somehow still an RFA. Is that right? Jeez. That's coming down as a UFA. He can't be an RFA, surely. Yeah. He just had his RFA, yeah. Well, be it as may, he's 2.1. I assume coming off two cups and whatever happens this year, he'll want a little bit more. Brian Rust will be an interesting negotiation. I don't know where to peg his value right now. Scott Wilson, who knows what happens this year with his usage. Um, and then the year after, you got uh, Gensel. <laughs> He's going to make a lot of money. Year after that, yes. Matt Murray. Matt Murray's up, Jewish, yeah. And Schultz. So it's not just about what can he do on the ice? It's also managing all these contracts and cap space. Where's Botterill when you need him? <laughs> yeah, he's um, doing his thing in Buffalo. Screw you, Buffalo. Um, so I can understand arguments for signing him, but I don't think that it would be wise to turn a blind eye to all these variables we just discussed. I don't the know how you can do is, that. You've got Malcolm signed through until 21-22, right? To, to me, that's the end of the window. So you sign someone like Hornquist, and I think that that contract, wherever that ends, shortens the window. And to the point where as soon as he starts to have a decline and they have to put him down the lineup, he's going to basically become useless. So... That's the one you've got to be careful of. You can't afford to overpay for that. 
And people are going to get there and, and be like, well, you know, Connor is on three mil. I wouldn't want to pay Hornquist over three mil, and he's not going to want less than what he's currently on. So I would suggest trading him. Because you don't want to let him walk. I'd almost rather the let it walk than sign the foolish extension, though. Yeah, well, if you play it out and they win three. And... Or make a good run is all you can ask. Yeah, and then they let him walk. I'm okay with that because the 4.25 in cap space will allow them to, to do other things. Um, he's an aging asset. You don't want to lock onto that aging asset even longer. Yeah, the, well, and that's why you don't sign him right now. You let this season play out a little bit. Does the decline continue? Do you see what he can do on a line away from Crosby and Malkin? These are all things you could get more information on if you don't sign the extension right now. Well, I don't trust that he won't sign it quickly. One, he's just talking about it publicly now. And you look at what he did with Fleury. He basically came out almost as soon as he got his job and said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to sign Fleury, and then did. Didn't wait and see, didn't do any of that, just did it. So I'll, I'll give Rutherford credit. What he says out in public is generally what he does, right? That's what scares me about these um, notes coming out and amongst it. I would hold off. I would gain as much information as possible in this 30-year-old season. If it's something you want to do mid-season, you know, reassess then. I, I just don't see the need to do it in August, September, October, etc. Yep, totally agree. Um, and we can transition that into our, our buddy that I... <laughs> Trade Hornk with Sign Yager. Um, I, oh, I, hear, I hear Calgary. I think it would be a good Where fit. Where did you hear this? I forget. I saw it going around. That'd be great for Calgary. I, and, and Calgary's been tied to him throughout the summer. I think it makes sense. They need a right winger. They have 7.1 in cap space from what I see. They still need to sign Sam Bennett, but I don't know what leverage he's had in his short career to get paid paid. They, uh, they can give Yager a 3.75 mil. Plus, probably aren't the traveling Yagers Calgary-based? Oh, really? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, sign him for one year at the 3.75 if he wants to do that and just tell him you're not gonna you're not gonna get a the day trade in your contract I don't think he cares. He doesn't care, he'd go anywhere. No, I realise that. He could go back to Czech Republic, he he said. Gosh, I hope that <laughs> I hope we happen. haven't seen the last of him. I that that would be absurd. He would he would fit he would just help that roster score more. Great defense core. Yeah, like really good puck movers. It's, yeah. The Calgary, it's one of those things where that Pacific division, the, the top end of it, um, could have a, a very different look and um, be very Canadian dominated. <laughs> they got Harmonic now. Yeah. I forget what they even gave up, a draft pick? I don't see a rostered player on the Islanders. Maybe I'm overlooking it. 
And hey, they've got him until he's, you know, at most 31. Giordano, Hamilton, Brody, Hamannick. Giordano's off the back end. Giordano's the only one I'm worried about, and it's only because of his health. It's only his ability to stay. It's not right now. It's moving forward. He's pretty old for that contract. But right now, him and Hamilton may be the best duo in the league. Yeah, it's an awesome pair to be able to throw out for 30 minutes if you have to. Like, that's the thing. If they need those two to to take up the minutes, they can chew them up, no worries at all. Yeah, great defense. Get the puck to Yager, who gets it to Goudreau. Yeah. I'm down with that. Moynihan, Goudreau, Yager. I mean, you get there and you think about it. Calgary's kind of in the shadow of the Oilers. Yeah, but I, been, I like their setup a lot better. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, it comes down to whether Mike Smith is good Mike Smith or bad Mike Smith, but you can say that about you know most of the teams in the league, really. All right. Um, since I have a, a time limit on this thing, have to take my daughter to a doctor's appointment. I was politely reminded via text by my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, last on our scheduled topics, and then maybe we'll bang out a few questions. Uh, Will Butcher, uh, you know, Pittsburgh was semi-tied to him for a bit. It looks like they're out of it. It looks like Buffalo is probably the front runner. I think Butcher was playing golf with Botterill at an event yesterday, so... I think, just, I think someone um, text or tweeted a picture of him leaving Denver's airport with a Sabres bag on his shoulder. So <laughs> um, I think that would be a great get for Buffalo. Those are the kind of uh, free assets on the defensive end that they need because they needed a whole – to revamp that whole defense core. And right now with Scandella, Bayou, and um, I don't think I'm missing anybody else, but if Butcher were to be a part of that – that is more steps in that direction to, to fix what has been a big problem for them. Yeah. Uh, it'll be, it, it'll be uh, interesting to see whether Botterill works his magic on that and, and, and gets him in and gets him in at a good, good cap hit. I know that they've sort of got space to space to burn in a sense, but you don't want to sign into a you know, four-year, $6 million contract or something like that. I don't that think he's eligible for that. Oh, he has to. Yeah, okay, I've got you. So, you know, whoever gets him might not pan out. Free asset. No cost to acquire other than uh, the cap hit, which should be manageable for any team that's looking to acquire him. Just got to be careful not to Justin Schultz him and put him on the top pairing and expect that he's going to be great on a shitty team. And uh, you should be good. I think. Can see him going okay. So I like I like it as a I like it for Buffalo. I would have liked it for pretty much any team, but I think specifically uh, Buffalo needs those kind of assets. So if they can get that done, good on them. What um, got any questions? Um, oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to bring up uh, a squared. Oh, shit. Yeah, Andreas Antonisiu. Yeah, forgot about that. Well done. You got it right. Double A. Uh, Yeah, 
you know, Detroit's a clusterfuck right now. They don't know what the hell's going on. Their GM is way past his due date. The the since the salary cap came into play, they have been trending in the wrong direction. They were the best team of the cap era, but that was right at the beginning of it. He just has given out so much money to middle tier forwards and there's just not much money left. They're negative money right now, caps. I don't know. They're they're screwed. Now, this I'll say about um, Double A. He his offensive numbers jump off the chart for based on his ice time. Last year or the year before, 2.37 points per 60 was excellent, but that was in only about 300 minutes. He had 700 minutes or so last year at 1.96. Great numbers, but his possession numbers are pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Negative re- rel- relative to his team on a team that wasn't driving play. The other thing I worry about with him, his first year in the league, he was a 17% shooter. The next year is 15%. We're dealing with about 1,000 minutes of sample. Are we to believe that he's a 16% shooter long-term? That's a hell of a t- shooting talent. It's not to say that it's not possible, but it's rare. And is he that kind of a rare player? Like, you, you can make the argument the reason his percentage is so high is that his speed allows him to get into key scoring areas. So he should be shooting a high percentage. Which is valid, but I, I don't blame a team for not wanting to, to give him, like, four mil right now. He's got a very small sample. Some of it's been good. Some of it's not as great. Um, the really good, there's a question mark on shooting percentage. And I think it's valid to point that out. But it is. Detroit should be in a position to where they can negotiate a little bit better here. But they're not. They're in a terrible spot. And I don't believe the KHL thing's going to happen. But, you know, if another team valued his speed and, and believed in his shooting talent, if not an offer sheet for this guy, then when? Well, come on. Yep. Detroit literally can't match. I don't, I just, I don't understand. So I don't have too many more thoughts on, on that other than I don't think that it's a sure thing that he's this offensive dynamo with his ice time. There's question marks and uh, I like his speed, but you would think speed would translate to possession a little bit better. He's not winning the, he's not tilting the ice when he's out there. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... But he's on a bad team, I, so who knows? It's one of those things though where it feels like he uses his speed to get one good shot off, and that's it. So there's no puck retrieval, there's no um, containing the puck in the zone after he's lost possession. Whether that's because he can't retrieve the puck off the boards, or there's no need to because he's scoring on, on few shots, like... You could probably work out why his shot generation is not great in, in that context because goal scoring wise and, and, and those sorts of things, he's really good. Like he can score, but you, you'd rather him be in this position where he's like his possession's not great, but his scoring's fantastic, particularly at his age, because you'd assume that he can keep up what he's doing. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, 
Mike Kickbush at the Bush 84. When will NHL start paying attention to concussions or respond to hits to the head? Or will fighting be banned anytime soon? Uh, my thought remains the same on this. Nothing's going to really change until they get their ass kicked in the lawsuit. They have to pretend like things are fine. Because if they don't, it's an admission that they fucked up and they're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. No, no. I, I, everybody knows I'm pissed at how the NHL handle this, how they handle suspensions. And you're exactly right. Nothing will change until that lawsuit's done. Um, and I actually think nothing will change until a new commissioner comes in. Fair enough. At the Chad Tully, do Jets or the Kings make the playoffs? Uh, the Kings are in a weak division. No. It's possible. But I still think that despite wanting to get away from Daryl Sutter's lack of Shot quality, I guess, is what I'll briefly say about that. Yeah, I don't see a lot of high-end talent that's going to change that issue, even if John Stevens is forcing the issue on that kind of stuff. Still not I, a great I don't roster. Think, I don't think LA will make it. Edmonton, Calgary, San Jose, Anaheim. And good luck getting a five spot. Yeah. Uh, the Jets, well, you know, they've been disappointing the last few years. Steve Mason, we'll see if he can help clog up the, the net a little bit better than they've gotten the last few years. They got Jacob Truba for 2.8 mil for one final year. Kulikov, terrible signing. We'll see what happens with that. But Shifley, Wheeler, Little, Perot, uh, Line A, Ehlers, that's, Jets, those are good players. Jets are just in a tough spot because you've got Nashville and Minnesota, who I, I consider to be locks to make the playoffs. St. Louis, I'm not exactly sure what to expect out of, out of yeah, that. Yeah, but they're still decent. They're no worse than yeah. Winnipeg and, and Chicago's going to be there. I've not even mentioned the Blackhawks, who won the division last year. So Winnipeg have, have not just got to try and jump those teams in the standings, but... You've got to actually beat them in the game through the year to make and that happen. Dallas. Yeah. That's it's tough. I think Winnipeg's in a in a tough spot. They don't have a bad, bad roster. I think they'd make the playoffs in the Pacific and probably the Atlantic, but they're in the central. So uh and I think we got time for one more. Did you have one that you yeah. wanted to get out? Um, oh, there's one that I wouldn't mind doing, but we don't have time. You're going to commission for a day. First rule you change okay. by Tyler Getty. Let's save that one for next one. We'll um, yeah. mark that one down. I think that's not a bad one. Not a bad uh, jumping off point for a larger discussion either. Um, so I'll go at Tyler underscore Durden 537. Currently reading the game by Ken Dryden. Any other literature you recommend, whether it's for entertainment or learning X's and O's? Um, I don't know if there's so much X's and O's books out there. I would recommend any book written by Rob Volman, who just came out with um, his new edition. Yeah. Uh, what the hell is the title? Is it? I got to get this right because Rob does works very hard on these books. Ho Hockey Abstract. Um I actually own a few volumes of this. I've yet to get the new one. I probably will. He does a really nice job of looking at 
advanced stats, but making it palatable to maybe those that aren't totally dive, haven't dove into it headfirst. Uh, I think you can learn a lot from it. I think even if you follow it, there's there's good tidbits in there. Uh, I I would normally uh, pump out the hockey prospectus book recommendation, but we we don't publish that anymore. Um, yeah. Right now, actually, hockey prospectus is is dark. So, um, I don't know if you got your hands on a former hockey prospectus book. Uh, it's it's like an encyclopedia for that year. Uh, with player breakdowns, anybody that played a game in the NHL that year, there's at least a paragraph on them with with a bunch of advanced stats. So, and essays for every team. But um, you know, that's the last edition was 2015-16. So I would go with Rob Volman. Uh, entertainment. Uh, I think Greg Wazinski, Dave Lozo, and Sean McAdoo did a top players of all time book, stuff like that. So. I don't, it's one of those things, I've not really looked at the X's and O's side of things. and Actually, you know uh, what, there will be an X's and O's book. Ryan Stimson pulled his uh, great piece from online, and I think he's going to be making it uh, a book. And I don't know what his price point is, but I thought he was looking at 5 or 10 bucks. So keep an eye out for Ryan Stimson's book. That He, he did a lot of X's and O's, and I'm talking a lot of X's and O's, and a lot of... Um, progressive ideas in that I, I was lucky enough to catch a glance at it before he put it out there and um yeah intense you're not going to be able to get through it in one sitting but um <laughs> i think if you really wanted to do the x's and o's thing that would be my recommendation so uh i hope those are good recommendations uh i think that's all the time i got a You've got to get out of here. Can't be late so. to the doctor's appointment. I'll catch some shit for that. Yeah, no, don't do that. Um, guys, you know where we are with everything. You've got at Gunner Stall, at Walshy66, at Hockey underscore Hertz. We're on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter, uh, Patreon as well. Um, I suppose we better get our ass out of here for you. And uh, iTunes. Give us a rating. I see a few more in there. That's good. Let's get some more. We're still Thank five you very stars. Much which is, um, we're grateful for that. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. See you guys.